You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. select Zach Wilson, quarterback, BYU. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at WillPaul11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Joined by a special guest today, one of PFF's own, Anthony Trash, uh, Lee College Football Analyst. How, uh, how are we doing today, Anthony? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's uh, middle or beginning of June now, so we're, we're counting down the days until, uh, until we get some you know, real football. I don't have to, walk, to worry about guys running around in shorts, potentially getting hurt. Um, Obviously, I know you, you know, you cover a lot of college stuff with PFF and um, obviously we just were, you know, a month out now or a month and a half out now from the draft and the, the dust has kind of settled and everyone's kind of kept their heads a little bit. Um, Jets wise, overall takes with from the draft and then we can kind of get into a little bit more deeper on some of the guys they took. Yeah, you know, they they were definitely in a unique position there. Three first round picks and that there's a big argument I didn't touch on it you know with everybody like oh did they have a good draft or not because you know those draft grades heavily influenced uh, influenced there by you know the amount of draft capital you have I think with what they did in the first round even with making a move back in I love it I, I think those three guys that they got with Sauce Gardner Garrett Wilson Jermaine Johnson I think those can be difference making pieces and um, you know I think the no one can really argue with Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson everyone's in agreement they're great prospects I mean, Sauce Gardner, everybody's heard the stat, no touchdowns allowed in his collegiate career, according to PFF. Um, just probably the best collegiate career I've ever seen in our database. Garrett Wilson, just such a fluid route runner. Um, I think he's going to be an awesome addition there. Very big help for Zach Wilson. But with Jermaine Johnson, you know, I think that was kind of the disagreement with some people moving back in for him because, you know, while there were some rumors he could be a top 10 pick, a lot of people just didn't like him. And I'm not going to lie, I, I didn't see that first round there for a little bit in the season. But I thought you did start to see it as the season progressed. And especially the big kicker for me was down to Mobile at the senior bowl. When I saw him up close and, up close and in person, I mean, I came away after the first practice saying, that guy's the best player here. Does not matter of position. He's the best player. And I was talking with one of the coaches that was down there. And he said flat out, he's like, yeah, I mean, that, that guy's dominant. He's better than anybody else here. And that's why he didn't practice the third day or partake in the game. I mean, he's he impressed that much. The coaching staff for the Lions, even you could see it too. Um, just how special of a player he is. And while he, I don't think he's going to be necessarily a game wrecker at the next level, right? You know, there are some limitations there, but I do think that he can have a high floor and have a, you know, pretty solid production that can be valuable for the Jets defense. So from the first round perspective, I loved it. That, and now after that is when it started to get a little dicey there. Um, of course, the running back trade, I, I didn't like that. Um, I think they were probably set there. Um, you know, of course, I, at the collegiate level of someone like Brees Hall, 
very valuable. That was the best player on Iowa State, right? I mean, that was the most valuable player for them. Running backs matter at the collegiate level just because if you get a talent like Brees Hall, who's just such a gifted player, and put him on a field against some guys that, you know, they're not going to do anything after college, right? They're going to go get another job, use their degree elsewhere. Um, then you're going to see some differences. But when you're on, in a, on the NFL field against, you know, high, the world's best athletes, it gets a little bit tougher there, more reliant on the scheme and the offensive line. And again, I thought they were set there. I mean, really, it could have been any running back, any running back in the NFL, um, you know, just to talking about pure runners. And I wouldn't sniff them in the first 50 picks. You know, that's just kind of my method of thinking. They know that's no slight to Brees Hall. Um, but, you know, I, I still think even with that baked in, I, I like what they, with what they did in the NFL draft. So, I mean, there's reasons to be excited, of course, with the other offseason additions they've had and the other young talent they have, too. Yeah, it's interesting. I I had the same vibe. I've talked about this a lot. Like, when you're down at Mobile, like, the first day, it was like Ken Jermaine Johnson. He was an elite run defender. Can he show consistency in his pass rush game? And, like, pretty clear right away he did um I, I think we're the Brees Hall thing I'll get into in a second but the thing with Garrett Wilson that's interesting is like I just feel like no one's really talking about it from a Jets fan perspective um I'm not sure why maybe it's because he's sandwiched in between um obviously Sauce who's this very you know very outspoken um as well as very you know obviously very good prospect and then Jermaine Johnson who was the trade back in and you get excited he was the last guy in the first round so it's fresh in your mind Garrett Wilson is going to walk in day one um, and we've already, I've already seen it. It's he looks very much NFL ready uh, right away. Very versatile, good route runner. He plays much bigger than his size. Um, obviously very crafty and a technician in the route running game. So when very smart, the smartest receiver, um, every single scout I talked to said he was the smartest receiver in the draft. And that's, but if you want to play in the system, you're going to have to be um, the Bruce Hall thing is weird because I can't fault anyone for not wanting to take running back in the first 50 picks. Like, I know um, Connor Rogers believes like, and I've talked to him all the time. He doesn't believe in the first round after all bets are off after that. Other people think back of the first round. So you get that fifth year option. There's a million different, you know, reasons why or why not. Um, but I do think the jets now have a lead kind of bell cow and put Michael Carter into a much more advantageous situation as that kind of one B um, won't get us banged up. We'll be able to kind of be a little bit of a change of pace back. So speaking of the last three picks, because these are where, um, I think universally everyone loved the Jeremy Rucker pick mostly because hey, I comped him to Dawson Knox and that's probably a little bit was a little bit maybe favorable just because of the storyline too and being a Long Island guy and being a diehard Jets fan the whole thing um, but I do think he's a guy that of course Garrett Wilson followed him to the NFL so maybe he'll get slighted on production again but I think it's a guy that projects well the NFL um, Max Mitchell is a guy we saw down in Mobile as well and then the Michael Clemens thing is a little weird um getting a lot of hype right now and i'm not quite sure why um what do you think of those three picks because those guys were kind of all over the place on thinking yeah i mean the one that stands out to me is max mitchell and you know anybody with a pff sob you go there you're going to see max mitchell's name atop the you know college grading um goes as far as tackle goes you know down there to louisiana one of the highest graded tackles um at the collegiate level i thought his performance in the all-star bowl circuit was not, not what i was expecting i was expecting a little bit more there um, I thought I was going to come out of it thinking, man, and we, he validated everything that we saw at Louisiana, but I was like, I don't know. Now I'm kind of standoffish there, but I think they still got good value with where they did on day three. You know, that was just more of, can he be a day two guy? And I don't think he could have been. And, you know, we found it went on day three and I think they got him at a good spot there. Um, someone like Jeremy Rucker, you know, this tight end class 
And you talk with people across the league, they'll say the same thing. I mean, there are so many different opinions about all of these guys, right? Just because it was a very different group. All of them were unique in their own way. Um, Jeremy Ruckert, of course, everybody knows, blocking guy, just was not used in that Ohio State passing offense. For me, that that is a little bit more of a concern. I, I think for me, I'm valuing that uh, more of a concern than a lot of people. Um, I, I still think that, you know, even when we did see him, you did see those flashes just a little bit. But I think that if he was that special of a player, they would have found a way to use him. Um, that, that's where my, my mind goes to when I think of him. Um, you know, I, I don't absolutely hate it with where he was, you know, 101st overall. Um, there are some other guys on the board I would have went in another direction. But still, you know, at that point, you're just throwing darts on high upside guys. And Jeremy Rucker, there's no denying he is a high upside guy. So, I mean, it's hard to kind of uh, – you know, you know, pick apart these, you know, last three picks there, I just out off the, you know, top 100, um, just considering the value that's there. But, you know, I, I wasn't as much of a fan um, as Jeremy Ruckert, but again, it's hard to kind of argue they got this one wrong. It was a horrible pick because again, you're just throwing darts at that point. And, you know, they threw some at least intriguing darts, I would say. Yeah. Ruckert's um, we'll see what happens, obviously, right? Like it's, if he pans out and the upside's there, We'll see it. This is an offense that obviously favors um, the tight end. I know you mentioned a little bit. Was there any moves they made in free agency or this offseason, trades, waiver claims, anything like that, that you – I mean, obviously, the offseason's not over, and we'll get to that in a second. But um, is there anything that you liked, you know, from a, you know, perspective of either good value or you thought they addressed the need in, in a good way? I thought, you know, obviously the draft solidified a lot of what they did in free agency. But is there anything else that stood out to you from a other offseason perspective? Yeah, I mean, when you kind of packaged the draft that they had in the free agency that they had, I really do think that they were one of the more improved teams in the NFL. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's just not going to matter unless Zach Wilson kind of develops like everybody think he can. That's still the biggest wild card there. But if he does, that, I mean, this team's going to be good because they have a really good roster outside of the quarterback position. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, are they going to be Denver last year, you know, when they had a good roster, but just going to have the quarterback or are they going to be, an actual playoff team. Um, you know, with that being said in free agency, you know, the, the ones that really stand out to me, you know, of course, Lakin Tomlinson, you know, the familiarity with the system, you know, he's going to come in and he's going to produce at a very high level. Um, but you know, the defensive backs, you know, Jordan Whitehead, DJ Reed, I mean, Jordan Whitehead, he fills that box role. I mean, he can be that kind of, you know, I, I would say, I mean, he plays with that requisite physicality. Um, and you know, he can take on guys and that, you know, that's what they really needed in that system. DJ Reed, um, of course, I had experience with Robert Sala in San Francisco. Wasn't an outside corner for him at the time. Went to Seattle, had a ton of success. I think he's probably one of the most underrated outside corners in the NFL. We actually have our outside corner rankings dropping um, early next week. Um, and DJ Reed, he's pretty high up there. You know, he's been a top, I think he's close to top 10 grading over the last couple of years when he was in with Seattle. Um, obviously, I think he's he has good familiarity with the system that Robert Stahler runs. The concerns I'm going to kind of keep an eye on with him is that, you know, Robert Stahler's defense, it's, they still play, you know, hefty dose of, you know, man coverage for one in that single high structure. And is, you know, him being kind of an undersized player hasn't really succeeded when he's going man to man like that. Can he thrive in that situation? Obviously stuff can change year over year, but, you know, if they're going to keep that same type of those usage rates there, it's going to be a little bit different from, um, obviously still the same a little bit, but it's going to be a little bit different. That could drop off a little bit and regress his play. So that's something I'm watching with him. But at the end of the day, they just needed help at corner and they, they got corners that, that right. And so, you know, you have those two guys coming in a free agency and of course, sauce Gardner. Um, and it's interesting too. I just thought about that when you were talking about those first round guys, 
you know, I think they might've got like two of the most confident draft picks in this class with sauce and Jermaine Johnson, those guys, they, they were saying they're the best in the class, both of them were. So um, I wonder if those had led to interesting conversations, but you know, I, I was a big fan of free agency. Like I say, you package those two together. That's one of the most, the best options I think um, of 2022. Yeah, it's interesting. They're they're not only confident. Um, there is some a DJ Reed is one of the more confident people I've heard speak um, in a long time. He said the Jets have no reason they couldn't win the Super Bowl this year. So um, he was there in 2019, San Francisco. So I will give him that. Um, I'm not going to put that expectation on the Jets uh, <laughs> this year. Kind of getting you know, kind of moving forward in, in that ex, uh, that end. We'll get to kind of expectation for them. Um, but Zach Wilson is as polarizing as it gets right now um for some reason he's almost more polarizing than justin fields is and justin fields was almost as bad if not worse than zach wilson um with a better roster last year so matt Nagy aside there were some huge issues with justin fields that no one's going to talk about and i get it um where are you at with zach wilson what do you expect is it fair to expect the Burrow, even Allen year two leap, or is it, or should people be expecting more of the Sam Darnold year two leap where they get better, but like they're not that much better. And it's a lot of kind of padded stats. Yeah. You know, it's, it's tough because it's, you never want to write off a second year player, especially at the quarterback position, because it's rare to see like even what Herbert did a couple of years ago and he surprised everybody. He wasn't a leap, but he was a very good rookie quarterback or Mac Jones last year too it's hard to get to that level of play and really rare to see. You typically see those breakouts happen in year two. Um, you know, Josh Allen being obviously the, the biggest exception to them all, being the year three guy after struggling for the first couple of years. Um, all that being said, Zach Wilson, I'm kind of nervous with him a little bit. I, you could definitely see the arm talent, right? It didn't leave him. It's still there. It's just the issues that, and, you know, I got to give kudos to my guy, Seth Molina, analyst here at PFF, because I remember all throughout the pre-draft process, he was in my ear. He's like, I don't know, man. I don't know about Zach Wilson, that offense, you know, the BYU offense, because it was a lot of just cookie cutter, easy stuff, you know, behind a good offensive line, poor competition, you know, easy concepts to master. And, you know, he had a lot of concerns with them and those all kind of popped up last year, but, you know, he could possibly get up to speed. That's definitely a real world scenario. I think the biggest thing for me, is I want to see him just be more consistent with his mechanics and less relying on his arm, right? He could get away with it at BYU, you know, when the defense, they're playing a little bit slower, you can you have a little bit more time to buy um, and you're just, you know, far more talented than anybody else having more open throws. Um, in the NFL, of course, those guys are faster, bigger, stronger. The windows, windows are much smaller. You don't have as much time. And you can, when you try to quicken up a guy that's kind of been a little, I don't want lazy is a bad word for it, but he hasn't been, you know, he's been loose, I would say. BYU, he was loose with his mechanics, but he could buy that at the NFL level. It showed he really couldn't, and the accuracy numbers really hit. Um, you know, it's just kind of marrying the lower and the upper body together, really fully utilizing the arm that he has. And, you know, I mean, I still think probably the best throw I saw a rookie make was that play. I think it was against Tennessee, maybe, you know, he's flushed out right. And then he caught a shot telling him to go deep. I mean, that's, <laughs> that, that's Zach Wilson. That's why he went second overall. So you can still see the talent, um, but there are a lot of issues in that big one that he has, like I mentioned, that that's tough to overcome. You know, we've seen guys do it, but at the end of the day, it's not something you necessarily want to kind of like put your eggs into that basket and be confident that he's going to develop on. So I think that um, it's just, you know, just understanding when to break the pocket and, you know, seeing things develop in time because there were times where he had the open throw, you know, he's just a little bit hesitant, trigger shy. 
And again, at BYU, if you, you kind of passed up and you're like, oh, I, I missed that. It's okay. I got another one over here. You got all the time in the world. The NFL, he's going to have to start running around and actually you could start taking some sacks. And, you know, that that's the biggest issues there for me. So, you know, I, I am nervous. I'm not writing him off yet, but, you know, I will say if I had to draft last year's rookie class right now, you know, those five first round guys, I would take them fourth. And Trey Lance being the fifth quarterback. And I, I've never been too high on Trey Lance even as a prospect, but, you know, hope, hopefully these, these guys prove me wrong. Hopefully Zach Wilson turns it around because like I said, if he can, <laughs> that Jets team's going to be good because they got the guys there. There's no doubt about it. So well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. It's interesting that uh, as good as that QB class looked on paper last year, um, pretty much all of them sucked. And the only one that didn't suck <laughs> was Davis Mills. And who's the guy that we all thought was going to be terrible, or I thought it was going to be terrible, frankly. Um, yeah. Zach's it's tough. If you put together, the 10 best rookie throws from last year, I bet you find at least five of Zach Wilson. Like the, the special throws are truly like when he, he throws a corner route better than anyone. Probably one of the best balls I've ever seen. Um, I played football my entire life. I've played, I've watched a lot of football. I've rarely ever seen someone throw a corner route that well, the amount of the arc, it's just, it's disgusting. And then you look at um, some of the balls he's, he hit on, you know, um, you're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. I used to call them, we used to call them gimme routes, but like it's kind of like a shallow post and over the middle of the field, he just absolutely throws rockets. He's obviously on the run, all that stuff, but couldn't complete a screen pass or a check down for about six or seven weeks there. And it was like, this is supposed to be easy. And it's because his mechanics were off and he was being lazy with it. As you mentioned, um, that was the issue. And he started to fix as the year went on kind of a lot of less, a lot less splash throws, a lot more based on talent scheme, all that stuff. But um, if you can kind of mirror the two and, and take a jump, as you mentioned, I, if Zach's good next year, they're in a really, really good spot based on the age of the roster, the cat flexibility. I think Brad Spielberger, who's been on this pod um, before, I think he has them like third or fourth on his calf health kind of going forward. The Jets have pretty much all of their highest paid guys can be cut at the end of the year for pretty much no, um, you know, kind of no loss there. They've obviously they still have all their draft capital and things like that. Um, 
I guess we'll go before I get kind of the expectations for the Jets. AFC East wise, obviously you look at Miami Bear was pretty irrelevant for the draft. Obviously, um, their offseason is pretty much centered around Tyreek Hill and Teron Armstead. We'll see what happens with both. Um, on paper, looks great. Teron Armstead, Teron Armstead plays very few games a year, as good as he is, and Tyreek Hill is a guy that's approaching thirty and um, has a more than checkered past off the field, which I'm not going to get into right now. Buffalo obviously got, you know, got stronger. Um, you know, I felt like I thought the Kyrie Allen pick was awesome. Um, we'll see. I would have thought Kyler Gordon would have been a little bit better fit just in some of the man stuff, but whatever. I mean, some of the zone stuff, but that's a whole nother discussion. Um, I mean, Andrew Booth. And then uh, you look at, you know, obviously New England feels like they've gotten worse um, on paper. Where are you at kind of with the AFC East and kind of what the hierarchy looks like? And then we'll get to the Jets kind of expectations for 2022. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely Buffalo. Below that that division runs through Buffalo. It's kind of hard to argue that Josh Allen. He's you know the the transition that he did. You know when I talk about rare, I mean that's the rarest of rare. I mean it's hard to see someone just go night and day like that like he did. Um, and then you give him like you said they they improved the roster all the way around. But again, he has one of the best wide receivers I think in the NFL still with Stephon Diggs. And I mean you know I was actually I forget who I was watching some cornerback the other day, and then he was oh I was watching J.C. Jackson. And him and Stephon Diggs, and I was like, dang. I mean, Stephon Diggs, Diggs just looking him, him a little yeah. bit. Diggs yeah, Diggs owns him. That's the one guy. J.C. Jackson yeah. owns the Jets, and Diggs owns, Diggs owns J.C. Jackson. Yeah, I was – I mean, and then I went back, and I spent like 20 minutes just watching Stephon Diggs just cook guys in single coverage. But anyway, besides the point, that division runs through there. You know, speaking of New England and J.C. Jackson, I'm very nervous that J.C. Jackson is no longer in New England. I mean, I think that secondary is going to take a big step back, and I think – you know, not only, I mean, last year, that free agency spending that they went on, I mean, that kind of shocked everybody. I think this year and the next year is when it's going to start to come back to bite them a little bit. Um, you know, I'm curious to see what kind of uses those tight ends get. You know, they did use Hunter Henry quite a bit, but John Smith was kind of an afterthought there. Um, the wide receiver room, I'm not confident in that group at all whatsoever. Um, I don't think any of their draft picks are really going to make an immediate contribution this year. Um, I love Mac Jones. I mean, that that's a guy... I, last year when everybody thought you know he might go third overall I was like I wouldn't be too upset with it I think he's a very good quarterback but I think he's in a bad situation um you know so you know I think they're going to be on the decline um you know unfortunately for New England fans but you know it's good for Jet fans that's for sure um Miami of course they're still one of the most you know teams with the biggest question mark on it we just don't really know what they're going to be quite yet um, you know, not only just because of, you know, Tua Tungabello's development, the players they added, but also the play calling on offense. Um, I think that defense is going to be largely the same, which is a pretty good unit. I, I, you know, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, I think that's one of the better outside corner duos um, in the league. Um, but, you know, you look at that offense, they have the weapons there. There's no doubt about it. Like I said, adding Tyree Till, who, you know, last year was more of a, you know, really possession guy. But, you know, it's hard to see, hard, hard to say what Mike McDaniel has in mind for him and even Jalen Waddle. Um, you know, trying to figure out how to use those two guys that are, you know, obviously ultra fast, um, you know, is it going to be more of a just a scheme guy, just get the ball in his hands, let him run, or is he going to be a deep threat? You know, there's a lot of questions there. Um, Teron Armstead, like you said, doesn't play a lot of football, um, but when he does, he's good. Oh, when he's he does, he's probably, awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a technician, man. He, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, again, like I said, too, uh, that's the big wild card there. And I think it's not necessarily – you know, Tua himself making the growth. I think it's the supporting cast around him kind of helping him prop himself up. I don't think he's going to be a breakout to elite guy, but 
that he can be a serviceable, very good quarterback that could be game changing for him. And I think the supporting cast around him could get him there. So, you know, I, I think as far as if I had to, you know, rank the teams for this year, um, and this is kind of kind of marry into your next question, um, but I would probably go Buffalo, Miami, and then I'll go with New York as number three and then New England number four. And if I had to kind of rank them based off of just the current situation that they're in and, you know, what they could change, I, I think you could probably make an argument New York may be even a little bit higher because if Zach Wilson doesn't work out, that's still going to be a very attractive spot, you know, for some veteran quarterback. Obviously, we have no idea what's going to happen in the next, you know, calendar year. We wouldn't have guessed Russell Wilson's a Denver Bronco. Here we are. So you never know what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, that's kind of where I'm at right now with the, the AFC East. Yeah, the AFC East is going to be very quarterback dependent. Um Whoever's probably better out of Zach Wilson to Tua this year likely keeps their job in 2023 and their team probably finishes. I mean, they could both stink and then they, they both would be in, in bad draft you know, position in terms of themselves. Um, likely, though, I think the rosters are pretty comparable. Miami's probably a year ahead um, and they've probably got more star power, but I have huge question marks about their offensive line. I have no idea. Connor Williams apparently is playing center, which is We'll see how that goes. Guy gets, I think he's the most penalized guard in football. Um, so I'm sure working at center with more responsibilities, not the best option, but who am I to, who am I to criticize them? Um, I have huge questions about Mike McDaniel, frankly. I, I don't know. I'm not sure why he's, I, I understand the, the infatuation with him. And I think he's very different and unique and there's something kind of cool about him, but at the same time, Everyone has got a lot of questions, had a lot of questions about Michael Fuller last year and whether he was a good offensive coordinator because he had never technically called plays. Um, he's under Kyle Shanahan. Well, he did. A, he, I thought, I mean, inside the red zone, I, I talked about this a little bit um, inside the red zone. He needs to work on stuff because he's so gimmicky in terms of trick plays, which is fun. But, you know, obviously that's not going to work all the time. That said, Mike McDaniel is going to very similar situation. Are you going to get the locker room to buy? And these guys love him, and everyone talks about how much they love him. But that you hear that a lot when guys get hired. Um, so let's kind of see there. And then again, New England can this Bill Belichick and Mac really elevate the guys around them? Because I just frankly don't. I don't really get a lot of it. I love Cole Strange. He's, he was on the pod. He's a great guy. But I'm not sure that was a, the ideal pick at 29 um, or whatever. I think I believe it was 29. And then outside of Hunter Henry who's really and Jacoby Myers is good. Um, he's a solid player. Again, it's just a lot of like solid. So can they get, you know, really, really good play out of Christian Barmore again? Can they use one of their 37 running backs? So we'll see what happens there. And then obviously Buffalo is probably could pencil them in to be in the AFC title game right now. Obviously we kind of know, I guess from like a wins perspective and um, you know, maybe like other outside of Zach Wilson, one kind of game changer for the jets for 2022, like, if someone put you on the spot right now, I'm, I'm going to do so like um, your subject, you can change this before the season starts, but what's kind of the win total expectation and uh, maybe one player you're, you're excited to watch and could, you know, move the needle for them. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're going to pencil this in. We'll pencil it in. I'll, I'll go seven wins. Um, and honestly, if you said it was a lot less or a lot higher, I would, I wouldn't be shocked because you could definitely see it it's just you know when you have the big wild card the only really wild card being the, the you know the most important position in the game you got to you know variance there a lot of variance so it's going to be you know interesting to watch new york jets football next year i think probably one that stands out as kind of being outside of zach wilson a big difference maker um elijah moore you know obviously you know, wide receiver last year drafted him from old miss um you know he has 
you know, I still think he has an elite ceiling. I think he could be a really special player um, at the NFL level, just given his skill set. You know, I, I still think, you know, just the, the toughness that he brings, even though he is a little bit undersized. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a game changer. I mean, I think he's a refined player too. getting close to that refined. I don't think anyone's, you know, I think only Devontae Adams can say they're actually refined or Stephon Diggs, but you know, he's getting close to being a very, very, you know, gifted guy in that regard. Um, so I think he's probably the dif- biggest, you know, difference maker outside of Zach Wilson. Um, and, you know, even if Zach Wilson doesn't necessarily take the, the biggest steps forward, right. And, you know, maybe it's just modest growth. If Elijah Moore can be the player that I think that he can be, like I just described and Garrett Wilson, you know, kind of, I would say, isn't, Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson as a rookie, but you know he's still a very good wide receiver as a rookie. Then I think you're probably still looking at a very intriguing Jets team. So there, there's a lot going in their favor there if you just see a little bit from Zach Wilson. So you know I'm gonna say seven games, but I, again I still think you know it's a wide spectrum. You know for the New York Jets. Yeah, if you told me they won four games next year and Zach's not good, um, I could see it. And if you or got hurt or something happened, and you told me, you told me they won nine games, they were week 17 or week 18, they're in the playoff on and Zach Wilson's at 3,700 yards, 24 touchdowns, 10 picks. Like I wouldn't be shocked either because they have enough talent around him. I'm not sure. I I've talked this before. I'm not sure I would buy the Mahomes year two where like that amount of talent around him, but um, they've invested quite a bit. They have Elijah Moore was a second round guy, but, they have four top 40 picks at wide receiver and, and Braxton Barrios is like a five or a four and Mims is a five. If he makes the roster, we've got three tight ends that are good. They've got multiple backs. They've got four first round, former first round offensive linemen. They have the second fifth highest paid offensive line in football. Like there is way too much there to not be competitive. Um, yeah, it, it'll be, we'll see what happens. Obviously, again, it's going to be very Zach dependent and it's going to be the same conversation. Um, and hopefully this time next year, it's, the Jets one piece away from being able to compete with Buffalo, similar to the way Dolphins fans kind of think there are New England fans felt last year were like, is Mac the, can he come in and, you know, be that much better than Cam and stuff like that. And look, he got them close. Obviously the playoffs did not go according to plan. Um, and I can't say I was upset about it, um, but um, tell, uh, tell everybody where they can kind of find you on, find your work and um, you know, some of the stuff like that. And uh, you know, before we wrap here. Yeah, you know, over at BFF.com, we're actually doing, you know, mostly a college guy, but run rolling a lot of NFL stuff I'm putting out there. Um, like I said, top 32 outside corners. I did the wide receivers, tight ends, um, and slot cornerbacks too. Um, that's up on the site. And then I think here in about a month, we're going to get on a really big, uh, really big roll of college articles, top returning players, expanding that series for us and our big college football preview guy that I've been working on uh, right now. So be, keep an eye on BFF.com. It's still, you know, I think 98 days, you know, as of right now, we're recording um, away, but, you know, it's fastly approaching and, you know, we got all that creepy stuff over there at PFF.com. I appreciate you hopping on. Make sure you guys are following Anthony on Twitter and, you know, his work over at PFF and, uh, you know, we appreciate you hopping on. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me.